and then they saw me in a bra, and that was it. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. What's going on, Pearl Jam nerds? <laughs> Sorry. I'm Brad Blazek. <laughs> What's going on, man? Oh, you know. Oh, another, you know. Another, another, um, another day, another podcast. Hey, men, brother. Yeah. Did you, you worked today, didn't you? I did work today. Feels like a long Sunday, man. It does. What are you eating? And Can why you are you that? just now eating? <laughs> We've been on the line for like I know, I know. 15 minutes. <laughs> That's sorry. so disgusting. There's <laughs> there's nothing worse than... it's. I don't mind it actually with people like take a... Oh, dude, I'm going to throw <laughs> don't up. Don't do that. Stop. <laughs> I'm trying to get it. You just down stop. down my throat, dude. I'm editing that out. That's disgusting. <laughs> no, no, people love it. No, they don't. <coughs> not, right. I'm not trying to make a joke here, but have you been? Uh, yeah. Have you been tested? I, no, I haven't. Well, uh, sounds like maybe. Uh, I know, dude. I was real paranoid. Like uh, two days ago, thinking about it because I started get, coming down with like a like a respiratory thing, and like I couldn't like uh, so just, I guess short of breath is that what short of breath is like I was just like winded, and I'd have to be like <gasps> take like a deep breath, but and I started getting like super freaked out, which makes that because, worse. Because what? Well, you start getting anxious and your breathing oh, changes. Oh, yes, totally. And that was, you know what it was? That, that was Friday and I was off Friday. And all I did was watch the coronavirus news like all day. And yeah, I just started definitely getting super, do that. super freaked out. Oh, I know. Now I know. But I'm like, I have, should I call in? No, I'm not sick. Because I, I like hate calling in sick. I hate it. I feel like terrible i'm letting everybody down they need me you know that kind of thing right and i'm like and i don't feel sick i'm not like sick you know what i mean like i can go to work this is nothing no i get it man i'm the guy that would show up to work with a migraine and then they'd go yeah you need to go home and then i'd throw up right <laughs> yeah no i feel great you know how you feel great after for, for like five minutes after you throw up Oh like, yeah, oh, that's, that's the what, best. I just needed a th I just needed to throw up. No, I'm saying Man, like, when you throw up. I it's really gross, hope after... no one is trying to eat while listening to this episode so far. <laughs> Cuz I'm about to gag. I'm just saying you feel great for a few yeah, minutes. Yeah, there's after definite that sense of relief. Yeah. And so I, that would happen and I I'm I'm the guy that's like, "No, I'm good. I'm good." And then like half an hour later I'm like, "I should have called in." Yeah, you just got to call but in. But I just power, just power through it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but, this is definitely one of those situations where you don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't well, know. Well, I woke up Stay off I woke up Stay off all the news, man. I know. That's going to I mean, I just I well, I, I kind of do check-ins and then I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Any new any new data? Anything new? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, do you know? Done. Did you hear the the news today? No, I've been in the studio all day. Let me let me find the quote. I want to get this right. It'll just take me two seconds. Uh, what? Trump <laughs> said. Trump is quoted as saying he has tremendous control of the virus, and that everyone should relax because this is going to pass. So we're good, dude. We're great. Yeah. Well, I must say though that five minutes later, the main White House doctor said the worst is yet to come. Sure. So <laughs> uh, maybe we're not great. No, but here's the deal, man. 
I mean, <laughs> everyone needs to stay sane. Mm-hmm. Last week, I started not shaking hands with people, which I'm totally fine with. Anyway, uh, yeah, not like hugging people. Just started taking those precautions because why not? Mm-hmm. And especially with, well, the funny thing is, I've been working all weekend, but I've been working by myself. So that kind of worked right. out. Oh, I mean, I just left my house, got in the car, came straight in the studio, and then I'll leave, and I won't have con- come in contact with anyone. But it's a little bit easier for me. Some people, and I definitely think it's going to affect, I, I could be real broke here real soon. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh, <laughs> I think there's a lot of people fit in that category. So yeah, it's just one of those things where, it, it makes sense to me that it just takes a little bit of time to see what this is, you right. know? And I definitely think it's gone a little too far on both sides. You can be yeah. reasonable not, without being I'm alarmist. So, yeah, I'm not so scared of the virus, you know? And I, I'm not saying, like, well, I'll never get it. But, like, the chances of me getting it and then... Those are pretty low. But if I did get it, the chances of me surviving are very high. So I'm not so, like, freaked out about the virus. I'm freaked out about the freak out, you know? People, sure. like, hoarding toilet paper oh, and yeah. people just, like, freaking out about this. And then the herd mentality of everyone's freaking out because everyone's freaking out. Sure. And the, the blowback from that is what's scary. But then there's people that are, like super unconcerned almost to a point like well i'm fuck it i they want us to stay home they can't keep us we're going out and partying yeah and then you have like these big groups of people in defiance of the government that that's not the best way to handle things either yeah no i definitely was kind of surprised that as i was driving to the studio yesterday there's this little part of the suburb where the studio I work in is, and there's a bunch of restaurants and uh, ice cream shops and that kind of very idyllic uh, upper middle class kind of area where everybody is white mm-hmm. and safe, you know? And, right. yeah. and they were just out fucking loud and proud, just in yeah. these packed in these restaurants, people waiting mm-hmm. in line to get in for food. Everyone's yeah. like still in their jogging clothes from a run and like all sweaty. And I'm just like, y'all are just creating your own little petri dish in there, aren't you? <laughs> I'm gonna go lock my dumb ass up in the studio. I don't know. I'm just kind of. Not over it, like it's no big deal. Just I, there's right. nothing else I can do. I can I'm washing right. my hands. I'm yeah. doing all the things, yeah. and yeah. that's it. I mean, we yeah. we went we bought groceries, but we always buy like two weeks, three weeks worth of groceries. Right. That's like normal yeah. for us, you know. So yeah, other than kind of trying to stay away from people, not a whole lot's changed for me yet. And and that's the thing too is as far as I know. Alabama just started testing yesterday, I think. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure we're going to find out that there's way more of it down here than than we think mm-hmm. over the next month, yeah. probably. So, anyway, I'm tired of hearing about it. Yeah. So let's not talk about it. You know why? Okay. Because this is a fucking Pearl Jam podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. If it's your first time, yeah. we really are a Pearl Jam podcast. Brad and Brad. <laughs> We're just two nerds that don't know everything about Pearl Jam, but we love Pearl Jam, love talking about them, and love talking to all you guys about them through email, which we're going to get to in a minute. If you would like to email mm-hmm. the show, you can email singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com. You can say hey on social media. You can support us if you'd like to. This is not our job. We do this on top of our, our regular work, and... Any help that you guys can give financially is appreciated, but you totally don't have to. This isn't like a pressure thing. Uh, but if you would like to support the show, you could head over to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash single podcast theory for all of that information. 
And I think since we talked last, my friend, we got some new patrons, or at we least did. one, we got right? A couple more this couple week. Couple more, two, two. Hell yeah. Um, Jason Malugan and uh, Brandon Palomo, our buddy. Yeah, man. Over there on the uh, Better Band, Better Band podcast. I knew I recognized that name. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Totally. And Jason is uh, a local local listener to to me anyway. Um, he lives in he Paris? He live that. No. <laughs> that would be cool. But he was in Paris. He texted me or messaged me, I don't know, last week and was like, hey, dude, I'm here working. And is there any cool record stores around? So I directed him to the nearest one, which is about half an hour north of Paris. <laughs> but right. Just like I told you, uh, what did you, uh, Best Buy? The, the nearest Best Buy is like an hour and a half away. That's crazy to me. But, but <laughs> yeah, dude, I was so in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Well, and speaking of Patreon real quick and what we mean by uh, support, I guess, is that, for example, next mm-hmm. week's show might sound pretty damn good because <laughs> because of the support from our patrons, we were able to buy Brad, bought you an interface, got you a Focusrite mm-hmm. interface, got you a SM7 microphone. Mm, I love man. those things. And I'm, me too. We feel like a well. I, I when I got it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" <laughs> like I feel like a, a professional. You're One step closer pro, man. to a professional. Yeah. Yeah. And the arm didn't come, and I was just like, "Oh, so sad." So you know, uh, <laughs> on Arrested Development, when they show George Michael like walking with his head down. Oh yeah, he does the, the sad, Charlie sad Brown peanuts. That's me. That's me, like the last 48 hours without that arm and that adapter that I need. That is so, disappointing. I can't. It really I'm like is. like a kid at Christmas. Like you get a bike at Christmas, you know, in Chicago, there's fucking like, you know, 12 inches of snow. And I'm like, I got a bike. <laughs> like out there trying to ride in the snow. Right. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. Like I can make it work. But I just can't. But coming next week, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna hear a, a whole new Brad B. Yeah, man, and it's gonna make my job so much easier because yeah, the sounds gonna be better. It's not gonna pick up every little thing within a mile mm-hmm. radius of you. Is I, that makes me sad? But I think I think you said that it won't matter. But are the dogs still gonna show up if they oh, start? We'll barking? find a way. I'll just sample <laughs> past <laughs> just barks put, and. Put it, <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like okay. a sound effect. Okay, yeah. When I get it fully 100%, I'll bring them in here and I'll get them to I'll do uh little sound clips and I'll send yeah, them. Yeah, to yeah, you. totally. <laughs> I'll have I'll, I'll put them on a little sampler, like a little DJ sampler mm-hmm. and, you know, each little, or a MIDI pad, oh, and each pad will yeah. be a different sound effect and throughout it Could I we... can just hit the dog, you know, it can hit the dog park or really annoy the people i'm gonna record both dogs barking and i'm gonna send it to you and what i want you to do is make a cover of hunger strike using their barks a la the jingle bells dogs barking you know what i'm gonna do brad i'm gonna tell you that that's a great idea and you should totally (laughs) do that you should totally figure that out. You know what I'm talking about, right? That Jingle Bells? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. What? There's a show that I was that was on at the house. I don't remember if I was watching it or someone else, <laughs> but it reminded me of uh, there was one character. God, why can't I remember what show it was? I'm pulling a Brad B here. Anyway. Was it Love is, was it Love is Blind? Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god! There, one of the characters' moms. Uh, I can't remember where she's from, and I don't want to get it wrong, but I believe it's she's from South America somewhere. Anyway, and her name, this girl's mom's name is Milady. I shit you not. M I L A D Y. Hello, Milady. 
Who would name their kid that? Well, I'm I'm tipping my my uh, fedora. Okay. Well, oh, what is this intro? <laughs> it's, a, it's been a long day for both of us. Anyway, a what I was going to say, a long week. It has been. You know, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna. This is me on coffee now. I can't. Mm. I didn't have any Red Bull or access to any. I'm kind of dragging ass today, so I just chugged a cup mm-hmm. of coffee. Yeah. So I'm going to just let it rip and say there was a character, whatever this show was that I was watching, each character kind of represented a different <clears throat> a different kind of way people get fucked up with social media, right? Some mm-hmm. people, it's the they're just locked on Twitter all day. And there's one character, it gave all these different examples, and then there's one I was like, that's my Brad B. That just <laughs> constantly sends inane just memes and YouTube videos and completely random questions. And then the funny thing is you're like the boy who cried wolf. Cause then when you do answer, ask me an important question, it's gotten lost in the shuffle. Right. Mm-hmm. You're kind of fucking yourself on this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was this a, like a reality show or like a sitcom? No, it was a scripted show. It wasn't a reality show. <clears throat> okay. It was kind of the point of the, like one of the underlying, like, plot things of the episode was each one of these characters was obviously kind of taking on all the worst attributes of people with their social media. Yeah. Anyway. Hmm. Good story, Brad. Speaking of sending you, sending, sending you stuff. Uh, what was it? My address. Did you see the picture of the address you sent this stuff to? Yeah. <laughs> Should I say it? Eight one three. Oh, it's supposed to be eight one one three. Yeah, I love that. That kind of blows your mind. Well, how, how did because it's find not me? like it was. You know, I won't give your address, <laughs> but it's not like your number for your address is eight one one three, and they put seven six two four. I'm not saying it's a it's a fuck like a huge fuck up, right? But. Eight eight one three versus eight one one three is like an eight mile difference, hmm. and it has your name on it, not right. mine. All I was saying is like, how did they find me? Like, how did it not get? Well, maybe there's. I mean, is there like a house at a eight one three? They probably just know. Uh, oh, there's uh, nothing there. It probably yeah. happened. Well, a if lot. it if it had my name on it. Of course, I could see that they would be like, "Oh, we recognize the mailman would." Oh, recognize but not, my that name's name. Brad too. Oh, but my name's not Lions. Well, <laughs> it's a mystery. Uh, yeah, I'm glad. I I don't know. I just you should you should start a, a podcast investigating that, Brad. <laughs> Called USPS BS. <laughs> well, that's good. Thanks, man. I just came up with that just now. All right. Where were we? Netflix? <laughs> we're getting into some emails, man. That's what we're going to do. Yes, let's do it. All right. Where are we starting? Is that me first? Uh, Joe. I do it. You do? Okay. I got it. All right. I got you. Joe. Joe Scalfaro. Was it Danny B that said his top five Pearl Jam moments? I believe it was. I found this an int- I found this an interesting list. Here are my five my top five songs played live. Number five, Lucan, the slow version from MSG in 2010. Such a rocking song, slowed down, and the true darkness of the lyrics come out. I love this version. Uh, number, have you heard the slow Lucan? I'm sure I've heard yeah. it like once, but I. It's cool, man. I like it. I'm not like familiar with it. Yeah, I need to. I need to look that up. Number four, daughter. With the war tag from the Seattle Showbox and Daughter with It's Okay from Virginia Beach 2000. The raw emotion of these two tags is amazing. Number three, Yellow Ledbetter from the Tibetan Freedom Concert. Stripped down version, nothing quite like it. Number two, Throw Your Arms Around Me with Mark Seymour. Not many songs where Eddie gets outsung by someone, but this might be one. But the two sound great together, and I love this vibe on this version. You can hear the reverb, and it just feels like a perfect summer night to be at an outdoor concert. Uh, I totally agree. That's one of my favorite yeah, favorite cool, covers. Man. And when the dude that like originally did it comes out, it's even better. 
Uh, number one, release from Soldier Field. This was my first boot I ever bought. I think I paid 50 bucks or something ridiculous. Keep in mind, I was a poor high school student in the late 90s. I listened to that show so much, and I fell in love with release from that boot. And it started my obsession with boots and live music. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Oh, my God, Joe. I spent so much money in my high school days on those fucking $40, 50 <laughs> yes. CDs, man. Mm-hmm. And I still got them, though. So, yeah, you know, it's worth it, I guess. But, man, I wouldn't pay that now. For those for those boots, Mm-mm. but I did. I I know what he was talking about too. Where there were boots that I just kind of fell in love with that I heard so many yeah. times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It makes me want to dig up some of the old like '90s yeah. boots. I think mine is Milan, like '92. That's a good that one. Was the one that was like the first one I got, and I listened to over and over and over. Yeah, I had this, uh, well, I have this one called, I think I bought it when I was in Ireland, and it's called Weird Jamming, and mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like a compilation of a bunch of perform- uh, songs scattered across, I think, yeah. the European tour, 92 or something like that. I wore that one out. I need to, I need to get that one back out. I'm looking at one right now. Seattle Jamming. Yeah, uh, I've I th- seen that. One. I think, I think that's. I think that is um, dropping the park. I think you're right. But at the time, I didn't. I didn't know. Sure. But. Oh, going down memory lane on the boots. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, man. All Thank right. you. Next up, we got Christy. Christy Borgman. She says, hey, Brads, love the demo episode and very glad you covered I'm Still Here. I love that spoken word track. I never seem to seek it out because it's so heavy, but every time I do hear it, the timing seems perfect. It helps me put things in perspective if I'm in a shitty state of mind, which I was yesterday over the tour postponement. I snapped out of it. It's a postponement, not a cancellation. I was able to cancel two sets of plane takes with a full refund on Delta and, uh, oh, New album in like two and a half weeks and Dolby Atmos movie theater preview in about two weeks. I'm positive, <laughs> positive, positive. What? Yeah. Well, uh, she sent this. Oh, right. Yeah. That's five days ago. We should, we should mention the, as far as I know, that the Atmos movie theater thing has been. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's all. Canceled slash postponed. Locked down. Yeah. But still, stay positive. Yeah, that's what she said. She said, I'm positive, positive, positive. <laughs> Sending good thoughts to all the PJ nerds and hoping people who are traveling can get refunds. Christy. I hear you, Christy. Definitely. I've, I've heard a pretty good amount of people are are being able to get refunded. I think Airbnb like changed their policy that everyone can get a refund. There's something else called like Querbo or something. Verbo. You know what I'm talking about? Is it Verbo? Yeah. Verbo. Sorry. <laughs> I think. Um, oh, no. Yeah, I'm getting Verbo that confused some. with something else. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. That Well, there's another one. But I think most people are are getting refunds and and or like a voucher that's good for a year. Right. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But Yeah. Thanks again, Christy. Whenever, whenever I get an uh, email from Christy, because her her well, I probably shouldn't say it, right? Never what? mind. I won't say. It. <laughs> shouldn't give out her 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 email address. No, I always think it says like, well, lawman. Also, I just say that. Okay. And I think like Christy <laughs> Lawman. <laughs> like she's a good like story. Seventies. Fuck you, Brad Lyons. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> you just couldn't bail in the middle of that one, could I you? Could. Once you realized you couldn't say the email address, which is kind of crucial right, yeah. to the whole fucking story. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, she'll get it. This is a joke for one person. For yeah, Christy. there you go. I just see like a 70s, like uh, what were those two chicks? Uh, there was a show on, in the 80s. I think it was the 80s. What was the two like detective ladies? The two detective ladies. It was like a, you know, like a, like a Laverne and Shirley. No, (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
what was it? I want to say Starsky and Hutch, but that's not it. But it was that. It was their two last names, and they were like women detectives. But I just like every time we get an email, I'm like Christy Borg, Simon and Simon. Man. No, <laughs> they're women. I know, but you, you just said Starsky you? and Hutch. I know, but <laughs> you're not helping. Oh, I'm guessing. not helping. I'm mm -hmm. not helping, Brad. <laughs> Christy Borgwain, 70s lawman. Yeah. Dun, dun. Da, da, da. Okay. Well, <laughs> what's next? Okay. Uh, Mark McPherson. <laughs> Wait, what? The Rolling Stones haven't postponed. Those guys are old people. <laughs> Prime targets for all this shit. Stay safe, Stones. P.S. All good here in Scotland. Hope you guys are well. Praying for the European dates to survive. Cheers, Mark. Yeah, man. Have it, they postponed the Rolling Stones show not yet? Not yet. But I, they, I, I mean, if this shit's still going on, yeah. then, which it seems like it very well could be. Um, yeah. I would have met, yeah, they're not going to go out on the road. Mm -mm. They're just waiting to cancel closer to the mm -hmm. time, I think. Yeah. Because that's like a summer summer tour, I'm I, I think it's. I think it starts in, the tickets I have are in June, I think, but I think the tour starts in May at some point. I don't know if it's yeah. the beginning or at the end that's, or what, but mm. that's pretty close. Yeah. That's pretty, that's still pretty soon, bubble. actually, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks again, Mark. Oh, Bob Remington's up next. Mm -hmm. Says, what's up, guys? Hope you and your families are well and continue to be so. What a week it has been for all of us. And as it comes to a close, I keep thinking about how much respect I've gained for our favorite band, Pearl Jam. We all woke up Monday aware of an escalating issue with the C word, but didn't think too much of it. We all got an email announcing Ohana and C here now. We all looked at our calendars and realized the tour was starting in 10 days and we were all getting pretty pumped. At least I know I was. Then came Monday evening's email announcing the postponement, not cancellation of the tour, and all the sadness, anger, frustration, and in general negative emotions that came with that news. Yes, I initially thought it was an overreaction. Yes, I cried. I put on a bootleg and I tried to ease the pain. I was listening to a Buenos Aires show. Those are always intense. And at one point, Eddie is talking to the crowd and asking them to please step back. It's getting pretty tight up front and we want to keep playing for you. He goes through a bit and gets the crowd to take two steps back and the crowd erupts with joy and the show continues. I think it was at that point when something in my mind clicked. I thought about what the band had been through at Roskilde, literally watching some of their fans die and others be hurt. We've, had, we've all had traumatic things happen to us that shape how we go through our lives, but I can't imagine the emotional trauma that each one of those guys and their crew went through knowing that people were hurt and lives were lost simply because they were there to see Pearl Jam. If I was one of them, I'm not sure I would ever unsee that or not have the fear that it could happen again. I would imagine the guilt never goes away. I reread the band's statement from Monday, and though still bummed, I felt really good that the band actually had my best interest at heart and they truly cared about me. They understandably don't want the people who fuel their fire to get hurt, sick, injured, or endangered. In the end, this is all a business, and I don't know of any company who cares as much for their customer than Pearl Jam. I say this now, on Friday night, as in the past three hours, I have received no less than 30 to 35 emails from any company <laughs> I've ever done business with me telling me too. what they are all doing for me and how my safety is their number one priority, etc. Blah, blah, blah. It's almost funny now to watch all of these huge companies and entities scramble to show care and empathy one after the other and all days after Pearl Jam did it with a compassionate message early on in this mess. It's a shit show out there right now, and there's no toilet paper left to clean the mess. But you know what there is? There's love and compassion, and if it gets bad, I've learned from Blazik that my crisper drawer is always an option. Yeah, dude. Oh, I've been stocking up. We'll get our shows when it's safe to do so. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and wash your hands. Bob Remington. I, I agree. Totally. Yeah. It is kind of cool that like Pearl Jam was the first one, really the first one to, to like do a postponement or cancellation. Yeah, I mean, I think and, they and handled it the just, right way. Totally. We've all got our tickets. 
Yeah. You know? This is, I mean, we're at like peak hysteria right now. This stuff is going to, it will calm down. Sure. It will get, it will get over this yeah. and everything will go back to normal. And then it's going to be amazing. Yeah, that's the I way mean, it works. Th- that's the one, the one, th- <laughs> are, you, are you joking? Yeah. I mean, not, no. <laughs> okay. It's it, yeah, well, just it that does, like everything's going to be it's, okay. Well, not necessarily. And I don't mean specifically about this. Oh, but. well, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that everyone's going to get through this okay. Most people, sure. And things will go back to normal. And then the 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 newly re-announced tour is going to be even that much better for everybody. Hell yeah, man. Or it'll be complete chaos and we'll all be dead. <laughs> one of the two things. One of There's the, no those in between. Are two options. Yeah. There's door one or door two. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Bob. I think we got one more email. Did you, are, are your, are you, are your like, is there toilet paper left in Birmingham? No. Is it like all just gone? No. It's all gone? Yeah. Okay. Everything's gone. Um, this is from Amy. It's a throwback to episode 50, which I think that was, that I think that was our Eddie Vedder episode with Clint. Sounds right. It was right. Episode 50 was, wasn't that, we kind of want to make that a big one, man. That seems like anyway, 60 years ago. I can't. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, she says, I don't know why I thought, I don't know why that I thought an episode with Clint focused on Eddie would have any less of the banter that you guys have on a typical episode. I'm cracking up because I swear to God, with that, with 144 into the show, you three have spent just as much time dicking around as the Bradlingtons do on their own. Such fun. And I guess the love shared is part of the reason why I listen to you as my mental sorbet at the end of tough days. Thanks, Amy. Yeah, thanks, Amy. It's good to hear stuff like that. That's a new email. I wonder if she's like just just uh, catching up. Sounds like it. Episode 50, man. Yeah. What is this, like 131 or something like One, that? I think this is 130. Yeah. Something like that. Mm, yeah. Thanks, Amy, and everyone that emailed mm. this week. You want to talk about a little red mosquito? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's do it. I love this song. How do you feel about this song? I always forget. <laughs> I love it. Okay, cool. I love it now. I didn't That's love right. It you didn't love it at first. In the beginning. In the beginning, yeah, but when I saw them play it with, oh, I'm totally blanking on his name, Ben Harper. <laughs> oh right, I bet that was, yeah. that kind of that was that kind of changed my view on it. I think Ben Harper just makes everyone sound better. Mm-hmm. Every time he sits in with someone, it seems like it's just fucking killer. Yeah, yeah. I- I love this song, and this is a good example of why oftentimes I don't want to know what a song's about. Mm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's it's about getting food poisoning. Yeah. And for me, it's it was always something completely personal and different. And I don't I, it didn't ruin it for me or anything, but that's just an example. Like it means something completely different to me, and I don't want to hear that it was about food po- poisoning. Because <laughs> that's yeah. not what I thought at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did you think it was kind of deeper than that? Of course. That's how I took it. Yeah. Well, that's like Porch. Like, I finally heard what Porch was about. And, uh, you know, 20 years, because I only heard about it a couple years ago, like 20 something years of like this intense, you know, deeply personal song. And then I hear that it's basically. He went to a show with a girl and she ditched him. And that's what Porch is about. And it just kind of like totally doesn't ruin it, just like you said. But it's like you would think there'd be a way bigger story behind it. Yeah, he does that a lot. I mean, Go being about, you know, Mm -hmm. what is this truck, right? (laughs) Yes, pickup truck. Like, please don't break down on it. Right. At the same time, I do love that. I don't know. He writes lyrics in a way that you can kind of interpret it however you want to. And it's not, he kind of always comes sideways from things. It's never, or rarely anyway, like seems to be real on the nose with some of his lyrics. Yeah. No, I, 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 I 
don't mind knowing where this came from because it's still like I could totally see that these lyrics came from a fever dream. Right. No, that doesn't make sense. You know, and sure. Because uh, I mean, apparently he was extremely sick, like food poisoning, sick, and you know, coming up with these words about something as simple as seeing a mosquito or a bug or whatever it was in the room with him and coming up with, with these words, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure. I, I kind of like that. Something that's very literal that I took as very figurative and kind of the, mm-hmm. I was bitten, must've been the devil. He was just paying mm-hmm. me. You can kind of turn that into all kinds of things, you know? Right. Yeah. You want to go ahead and, and give it a listen? Yeah, let's listen to it. And we'll talk some more? Yes. Nope. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Nope. Sorry. (laughs) I got confused. Must have been the devil. (laughs) Oh! Yeah, dude. I don't know what's wrong with me. That 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 guitar intro is fucking amazing. Yeah, it is. Hmm. That t- what is that tone? That's Zippo, dude. Is that? Oh yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. He's playing that slide with uh, oh, Eddie's. Man. Eddie has a Zippo. Yeah. They let him borrow. any kind of like Stevie Ray Vaughan influence in in those parts uh, no just because like I mean inf- influence not that he's like doing Stevie Ray but yeah no I get what you're saying well yeah of course influence maybe a note choice and stuff like that but I don't know the way he attacks slide in this case is just so fucked up and yeah cool I don't know. had known then what he knew now knows now he would have bought some off <laughs> oh. oh brad Are you, you're welcome for the dad joke <laughs> that was yeah the ultimate stone joke 
Man, I think that arrangement is so cool. That that whole if I'd known then what I know now outro mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. It's it's like the they kind of moved from these two different sections of the song that are in their own ways kind of weird and quirky and a little grimy. And then they go to that just this big, open, beautiful outro thing. And it all happens seamlessly. You know, it, it's like one thing mm-hmm. you're you, they're just kind of riding out the end of like a chorus thing. And the next thing you know, you're into this whole other part of the song. Yeah. I love it. It's cool. It's there's not uh there's not really a, a chorus, right? Like a lyrical chorus? Right, not really. It's such a that that's like kind of weird. It's a weird song. It's nothing really like rhymes, you know? Yeah. There's no like lyrics in the chorus. It's a it's such a different kind of song, but man, Eddie's voice. This is like such a great example of of him cuz there's there's like Quiet Eddie, there's raspy, crazy Eddie, you know? Yeah. There's kind of a, not, it's not falsetto, but like the, and the I was bitten must have been the devil. He kind of gets mm-hmm. really small, kind of mm-hmm. more, more of the Neil Youngy kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, his voice on this too. I love, one of the things I love about Brendan O'Brien's mixes is that he le- leaves all the little things that you only hear if maybe you're listening really loud or with headphones on. But, you know, they go into one, one of the leads toward the end, and you can hear Eddie, and he's just standing at the mic still, I'm assuming, or that's what I'm picturing, and he just lets out his little grunts and growls. <laughs> Even though he's yeah. not singing, there's a guitar solo going on, but they leave all that <laughs> shit in there. I love it. Yeah, this this is this song is pretty raw, like the production of it. Well, and again, I know that you and I love this record so much, but that is one of the reasons why I love this record so much is that it's it's so weird and and mm-hmm. its weirdness gives it layers and there's little things to notice every time you listen to it in ways that I think other records, not just from Pearl Jam don't do that for me. No, this, yeah, No Code is, obviously we've talked about it before, but No Code is the one with like kind of very different sides of Pearl Jam. And this one definitely is so much different than what they're known for. This one of those songs, there's not really another song like Red Mosquito, I don't think. Mm -mm. Is there? No, don't, no. I don't think so. I think you're right. This is on an album full of outliers. This is like the outlier on that album. I think it comes from that slide guitar. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, if you could imagine this song without that slide guitar, it definitely changes the vibe in a mm-hmm. huge mm-hmm. way. Yeah. It's that one of those examples of on paper, it shouldn't make sense, you mm-hmm. know, but <laughs> yeah. it just, yeah, it, that's what makes it kind of magic. I mean, Jack, oh, yeah. I fucking love him on this you. record yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. But this song too, I mean, that snare is just cracking in the best mm-hmm. way. And yeah, the dichotomy of the slow parts of the song, and then when he just like ramps it up with those fills, yeah. it's, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about Eddie's like Eddie singing kind of low and then really ramping his vocals up. Yeah, you can hear all the tempo changes, it's great. This is a really nerdy thing to do. I can't even believe I'm thinking about doing this because I probably will do it. Is I need to go through and some of the newer records sound like they might be at least loosely to a click. But man, those first four records, well, maybe not 10, but well, no, that wasn't to a click either, I don't think, because I've played to that recently. But I wonder if they started using that as time got, went on, or maybe I, it feels that way because Matt is such a a steady fucking rock. Tight, yeah, he's, yeah. Where Jack is just like Lucy, Lucy Goosey. Yeah, that's yeah. They they're <laughs> great for two polar opposite reasons for me. Right. Other, you know. Yeah. 
That is funny that they are the, of all the drummers, I feel like they're the most kind of polar opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hadn't really thought about that. And I, well, I think we have talked about it because Dave, Dave A is kind of like a great mix of both of those, those things. It's true, man. He's super tight, but he is super, he, he moves like all over the, all yeah. over the place. <laughs> you know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the, the language of it, but like he's, I mean, he is all over the symbols in between notes if you were to look at, especially if those of you that listen that do record record music, uh, whether it's at home or if you work in a studio or whatever it is, if you were to try and map out tempo-wise, any song from, especially anyway, from Versus, Vitology, No Code era, they're all over the fucking place. <laughs> but you don't notice it until you... Unless you like sit down and try and kind of pick things apart and figure out why why you love this so much, that's where it comes from for me. And then in, inevitably you start playing along with it, and it's like, oh shit, he really speeds up there at the end of that first into that chorus, and then they slow the way the fuck down when they get back to the next verse. But you don't notice it; it all just feels like you're on the ride. But what people don't realize is that shit's real hard to do. You got to be real locked in with the people you play with because it's not a matter of everything being on a grid and you can move things around to a to a click track or to a to a gridded out session. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what's magic about those bands. Yeah. It's that feel, that like garage band feel. Yeah. And that's why we all have such varying opinions on the live versions of certain songs based on who who is playing drums, mm-hmm. because they're all so. Again, especially Jack and Matt, come from such different places. I feel like the end. It is the filter of a live show. Like all these songs, filtered through a live band. It's just the nature of the beast of live music that these songs are going to sound different, but still sound good. Yeah. Well, and that's the whole thing is that it not only sounds different uh, player to player, but even with the same players, it can sound different night to night, you know? Mm -hmm. Just little changes in tempos and stuff like that make make a big difference in how the song feels. A la even flow. Right. Like that's the easiest yeah. example to, to kind of cite, you know? Mm. And it's almost like on a subconscious level. In the moment when you're there, you don't even know. What oh, you're dude, hearing. you have no idea. You're just lost <laughs> you, in it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, totally, yeah. man. Like yeah. that's the thing is I, it's so natural for me to kind of pick things apart and, and not in a criticism kind of way. It's me trying to learn. Mm-hmm. But when I'm at a live show, I, I let go of all that shit. Right. That's the joy of being at a live show for me is I don't I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. I just want those the music coming from those people pumping out of those huge speakers that are slamming into my mm-hmm. body. That's I yeah. just want to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean cuz I've heard like bootlegs after the fact and not just Pearl Jam. And Pearl Jam is almost the exception. But like I've been to some shows, and then I I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> that was the greatest show ever. And then I hear the like recording of it, and I'm like, am I hearing the same show that I was at? It doesn't sound it as happened good. to me so many times. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It was but Pearl super Jam's, bummer. Like I said, Pearl Jam, they are the exception for me. Yeah, I specifically remember being at Dave Matthews shows when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and then getting the boots. Oh, yeah, and I just thought. I just literally saw the best musical performance yeah. that's ever happened in the history of human beings. <laughs> and then I get the boot like a month later and it's like dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mean sound quality. I mean, uh, Dave m- sounded drunk and Boyd yeah. <laughs> could never play that violin in tune to save his life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's weird, right? It's weird when you're there. But it felt so different. Yeah. No, but I, you know who else is an exception to that is Tool. Yeah, because I the 
the all three shows I've seen them, I've got the boots, and I, I, I'm like blown away because the the technicality of how Danny plays, sure, is just I, he hits every note like perfect. Nah, nobody's perfect, but he fucking no. is perfect. It's crazy. It's crazy. He's insane. And and this yeah. is not to criticize Tool, but take that idea and think, okay, but Tool plays, you know, their songs are long, but they don't play that mm-hmm. many songs. And they basically have a set and then just rotate yeah. a couple things out. They kind of do a Metallica yeah. thing. Again, not yeah. a bad thing. But Pearl Jam, you, you might know, yeah. okay, it looks like they've been playing these three songs from whatever a bunch so maybe i'll definitely get those but you you don't know what you're gonna get yeah there's gonna be at least one thing where you're like fuck i never thought they'd play that and the the rarer songs sound great there's every once in a while they'll play something that they haven't played in 10 years and they murder it and they cut in a good way yeah yes yeah and I don't know if these other bands could do that. Where was it? You and I talking about a show where they did Tremor Christ, and like I haven't played, we haven't played this in forever. They made he made some yeah. comment, and then they just yeah. ripped it. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was that Ooh. was. I can't remember what show that was, but that was us. And it wasn't an old show. It wasn't like from was the nineties. Yeah, was it? Was it Boston? Boston. It might have been that Boston show we talked about. Yeah, I think it was Boston. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's crazy good. We kind of got off the topic of the song, but (laughs) well, we have to. I don't know if you remember this, but when we were at the Metal Up Your Podcast party, you started telling a Dave Matthews story about when you met him or saw him at a record store. Oh yeah, and. I the last thing I, I don't know if like something was happening. Oh, I got we pulled had, away got called, by that got, guy that I hadn't yes, seen forever. We got pulled, yeah. And I never heard the rest of the story. And I don't know if you want to go into it now or if you want to wait, leave it for the be you know, the next episode. But I've been every time we've talked since then, I keep wanting to bring it up and I never do. Yeah, I mean I can tell us we can kind of wrap up on this little anecdote, but yeah, when I was 16 maybe dave matthews was coming through town they just released under the table and dreaming it was their first major label release and they just landed an opening spot with uh on a tour with fish so there's a little cd vinyl store called magic platter that was actually a pretty popular store it was kind of like known around the southeast and mm. they would do in stores with not small bands, but no one like Dave Matthews, they weren't famous yet. They were just right. about to break. And so they did an in store at this place called Magic Platter. And I can't, I went to it and they only let, I mean, you could only fit like 30, 40 oh, people wow. in their tops. Yeah. And they just sat on stools and Dave came out with an acoustic. And I was literally, there was no one between me and Dave Matthews. I was sitting, he was on this stool. And if he like looked down and barely cocked his head to the left, that's, I was the first person right in front of him. (laughs) Anyway, the band was out there and they played some songs. They didn't, obviously didn't have a set list. And I could, he would kind of like turn his head and talk to Leroy or someone like that. They're trying to figure it out, so I kind of like whispered Dance and Nancy's, and he kind of like looked at me and kind of chuckled, and then went back to talking to them. Like, of course, now I know is like, shut the fuck up, kid. But he he told this little story, and then he hit the first two notes of that song, and he like straight up looked down at me. I was like, fuck yeah, man! So he played my request. Oh, he did. Yeah, he played it. It was the next song. Oh, so, cool. So then they only played like four or five songs. They went to a little table at the back where you could get stuff signed. And I'd brought my acoustic guitar, but then I chickened out and left it in my Mm. car. Someone, a buddy of mine that was in line with me, as I was getting my stuff signed, said, man, you should have brought your guitar. I was like, yeah, but I left it in the car. And So they had this tour manager, and and I get it now. 
but she was like, mm -hmm. I know now that they booked this thing and they had to get their asses back to the amphitheater for sound check and they were running late. And so the tour manager was like, let's speed this shit up. I was like, man, and I remember saying out loud, I was like, man, I don't want to, the line, they got to get through this line. And no shit, mm -hmm. Dave goes, go grab it, man. I was like, are you sure? He's like, go. I was like, oh, fuck. So I just hauled wow. ass, ran in my car, came back. They were pull, they were pushing everybody out. We, I was like, fuck, <sighs> I'm too late. And I looked, and Dave and Boyd were still standing back there, and he kind of like nodded. And so I came You're in. holding it, holding it above your head. Yeah. Dave. And I ran in there, and he signed it real quick, and then Boyd signed it real quick. And That's she was super awesome. pissed at me. And I didn't give a hot <laughs> fuck because I just got right. these two signatures, you know. And right. they went out of their way to hang on a second to let me go grab my guitar. So they could yeah. sign it. Yeah. Which is That's pretty fucking cool. Very cool. That's the thing, man. Little things like that go so far with people, yeah. you know? Yeah. Just that one little thing that they gave an extra three and a half minutes. Mm-hmm just to do something as simple as sign my guitar. Right. Totally. I mean, I was already a huge fan and then I was like a fucking mega fan. Cause then I was like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. he's like, they're nice people. They're regular fucking right. people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, they, these rock stars need to know, like just doing something like that will make people fans for fucking life. Cause it's happened to me. I've met a couple guys and just like the, the littlest, tiniest gesture. And I'm like, okay, now, now I'm like even way more invested into this band. Right. Well, and you have to remember too, that the, those people on stage also are crushingly insecure, just like the people that listen to their music. And mm -hmm. I don't know, sometimes you forget. And obviously I'm not famous, but when you are a musician and you tour a lot, people people know who you are in a different way they're mm -hmm. like oh yeah you know that's that guitar player i've seen him play with these two people blah, blah, that kind of a thing mm -hmm. and even on that small level you kind of because i walk off stage and i was usually just concerned with finding a place to maybe have a smoke or grab a drink or get some food and not thinking anything about anything and then people start talking to you and you kind of have to remember like, oh yeah, to me, I was this, I'm just this dude. And all I thought yeah. was like, oh, I fucked up five times in this show. That's what I'm walking around thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, yeah. and forgetting that from other people's perspective, they just saw you on stage and maybe they've seen you a bunch of times on stage. And mm -hmm. again, not in like a famous thing, but they know who you are. Yeah. And right. The, and you, it's easy to kind of forget that. And that's why I think yeah. some celebrities, I can understand. Well, I've never experienced, obviously, anything like that. I do, from those kind of experiences, I do understand why it wakes people out. Because just put yourself in a situation where you can be in a place or walk around, whether it's at your own show or wherever, or if you're mega famous and you can't go to the grocery store anymore. Yeah. And, to you, you're just still that person, but when people start talking to you, it can be like a real weird head fuck, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. I totally understand why Eddie get, got weird for a while. I yeah. think I would get weird, because they, they have ideas about who you are. They don't know you. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, yeah. It, it, gets, it gets real. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing, fame and, you know um like fangirling out in front of somebody yeah. i don't know They're, they should do like a documentary on all the weird shit people do just on well yeah that and just the psychology of of being a fan and meeting someone you admire and look up to and also from their point of view from the famous person's point of view right cuz the it is. It's got to be a total fucking mind fuck. Yeah, and there's that balance too between the. I don't know. You hear. I remember uh, hearing where you hear things about celebrities being assholes. People are like, mm -hmm. well, boo hoo for you. You're fucking famous and rich and da 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 da. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess you got to kind of know that going into it. But uh, again, I'll just quote Eddie, where, where he said something, I'm paraphrasing to the effect of, you know, yeah, of course, but that's like winning the fucking lottery. You don't ever think it's really going to happen. Yeah. And then when it does, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. My life just got real different real quick. Mm-hmm. I heard a celebrity saying something about, like, reading a comment online about this certain famous person. Like, well, you've got a nice, like, I don't know what kind of car it was. But he's like, you've got a nice car. So fuck you. And the celebrity was like, yeah, I have a nice car, but that doesn't mean, like, I don't have feelings anymore. You know, like, well, I don't know. And it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm happy. not explaining it. This, yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Just like people will make snap judgments about a person on the opposite end if they're driving a shitty car. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything either. Well, everyone that's famous was a regular person at one point. I know that sounds like yeah, stupid. Yeah, no, but. unless you're one of the few that were kind of born into it. Right. But if you can wrap your head around the fact that these are just regular people, sure. it's really, it's it's a it's a weird thing. Like, I, I've told you, I, I met somebody, had no clue, not that they're super famous, but they're in a band, and they have a huge, pretty huge, not huge, not Pearl Jam, but they have a fan base. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I met this guy, had zero knowledge of who he was, and we hung out for like, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour. And then I started listening to his music and I really liked it. And I've been to a few shows and to me, he's up there playing and he's just, he's that dude that I met in a bar and hung out with for an hour and just talked, you know, and that has like totally changed my like view of all of these guys. Now, like all of them, I kind of look at the filter of this, this guy Right. You know what I mean? And right. I'm like, it kind of like is like the Matrix. Like I've gone into the Matrix and like everyone's just – these are all just regular people up there on stage. Like they – you know? Sure. You know what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? Yeah. I, I know there's a few out there that are just like total rock star assholes. But for the most part, it's it's just like that changed my view. Like meeting this guy, not knowing who he was. And just hanging out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Where as if it was Eddie, I would have like lost my mind. If it was Mike, I would have lost my mind. Sure. Well so you know. Anyway, I these, don't know. These rock stars, they wake up and they're put their pants on one leg at a time, <laughs> just like the rest of us. <laughs> Except after they get their pants on, they make gold records. Yeah, exactly. Well, man, you want to bolt? I'm tired. I th- yeah. Um, can we talk about something real quick? Yeah. Uh, did you ever look up the the Gigaton reviews are rolling in? And yeah, I haven't looked at any of them yet. Oh man, everyone seems to be cool. Everyone seems to say this is a good one. Really? And you know, you can't always put any stock into that, but it's nice to hear things like the best album since No Code and Yield. Really. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So right, I don't want to hear I read anymore. one that I, I just, I'll just say I read one that was like a, like a blog guy I've never heard of. And then I read the spin review and both of them were very positive. And I heard some, some things that I'm, I'm curious to hear your take on this one thing in particular. And I, I know you don't want to know, so I'm not going to say nothing. Should I know though? Oh, you you will know. Okay. No, I mean, like, should I just go ahead and say fuck it? And is it important? No, it's not important. Oh, okay. It's more funny. It's more funny than like. Oh, okay. Then I'm gonna super, wait. Super like. Oh my god. Yeah. But yeah, I. <laughs> we'll just we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, you're gonna have to shield me from from emails that'll come in about the spin review. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't tell if you know what I'm talking about. Don't don't say anything. Yeah. Don't ruin the don't ruin the the fun surprise. I think with this one, I'm gonna hold off and listen to the record and then re- read some some reviews. But yeah, yeah, 
No, but overall, it sounds like oh, this is this is this does it sounds it's, it sounds like it's going to be good. It sounds like I will say it doesn't the, from the reviews. It doesn't sound like it's anything like completely different. This is going to be in line with the last couple records. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they turned a corner and they're like new wave pop music sure. now, right? But it sounds like these songs are just a little better than the last couple albums songs so i can't wait man yeah dude and so far it's exciting so far i'm digging the new producer with the two songs i've heard so Mm -hmm. i can't wait to yeah to hear hear what the rest of the record sound like sounds like from a production Mm -hmm. standpoint right oh man i'm excited (sighs) me too i cannot wait for this record to come out yeah all right let's get out of here boo all right bro all right bro let's take it out of here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Until next week, I'm Brad Lyons. Yes. And I'm Brad Blazik saying, if I had known then what I know now. I knew it! I was bitten. I must have been the devil. <laughs> Peace. All right, later. Later. <laughs>